0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from uh, Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 46 through 52. Now, um, we've been talking about, uh, we've been uh, exploring the book of Mark together, and uh, we had a turning point um, when uh, Jesus was at Caesarea of Philippi, and uh, he looked at his disciples and he said, Who do you say that I am? And uh, Peter confessed to Christ, uh, said, said, you are the Christ, and, uh, and then Jesus gave his teaching about if you will be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. When uh, Jesus was at Caesarea of Philippi, he was in the northernmost part of Israel, and after that point, he began a southward journey. And uh, the southward journey uh, took him through all the towns on the way to Jerusalem, Um, In the Gospel of Luke, it said he set his face like flint toward Jerusalem, right? This was the moment he decided uh, uh, it was time to fulfill his purpose. So he begins this southward journey toward Jerusalem. Where we find Jesus this morning is in a town called Jericho. And Jericho uh, is is the last stop before Jerusalem, uh, before Palm Sunday, before uh, he enters uh, the gates of Jerusalem. And, uh, and this is Jesus' last stop on that journey. Uh, he's been making southward toward Jerusalem. So uh, uh, again, Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. Hear now the word of our Lord. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of His Holy Spirit. Amen. So, I often sort of wonder to myself, which would be worse, to be blind from birth or to be blinded at a very early age? See, if you were blind from birth, um, you would have really no concept of light and color and shape and form, uh, what it is to be a person who who sees in the world these things would be described to you, but you only experience the world in in in, in terms of, of of feel and taste and sound, and there would be this whole other sense you have no experience of and no real concept of. But if you were blinded at an early age, you would have memories of these things. You would know what you were missing. You would remember uh, the beauty of a sunrise. You, you, you would remember uh, the way uh, the mountains look when the light hits them just right. You would remember the faces of your loved ones that you can no longer see. So I often wonder which is worse. There's some clues in, uh, in the text. We don't have to get really granular and get into them, but there are some clues that point to us that Bartimaeus probably lost his sight because it says he's receiving his sight. He's receiving his sight back in the Greek. See, Bartimaeus would have that memory of what it was like to be in a world of of, of, of form and color and light and beauty and have that taken away. probably started when when he was a young boy, right? It probably started out as this blurriness on the edge of his vision. And little by little, that blurriness spread through his vision and just kind of took over. So all he could see was shapes and colors. And then the light began to dull. And instead of color, he saw shapes. And then instead of shapes, he saw light and shadow. And then instead of light and shadow, just dark. And so as we find Bartimaeus today... His entire universe, his entire world consists of a tight, dark circle. And here's what I mean. Bartimaeus probably gets up every day at the same time. And he knows the number of steps and the number of of turns it takes to get from uh, the place where he lays his head. Who hit the same spot he goes to every day by the side of the road in Jericho to beg for alms. He walks the same amount of steps every day, takes the same turn, follows the same fixed routine to get to that spot. Then he calls out as he hears people approaching. Have mercy on me, have mercy on me with this, with this cloak spread before him as he sits there and uh and 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 the folks that are feeling particularly merciful they'll they'll take some coins and they'll uh throw it on his cloak Um, he probably does this until early evening and then he knows all of the steps and turns it takes to get to the marketplace where he always goes to the same stall the 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 one with the the friendly voice uh, where he knows the man there is not going to cheat him and he always, uh, he always uh, uh, pulls out the same three coins. The same three coins are going to get him uh, that, that, that small loaf of bread. He's going to take with him back to wherever he lays his head. And he's going to walk those steps and turns that he does every day to get back to that spot. See, his life is a tight, dark circle. He walks the same path every day, never deviates, never explores, because gigging off that path, gigging outside of that circle could mean getting lost. It could mean danger. It could be mean being mugged or taking advantage of, and so he just has to keep walking the same circle day after day after day, all the while having these memories of what it's like to be Out there, just uh, in the world of sight, uh, following the sounds, following the shapes and colors, exploring. With memories of freedom as a boy, he walks the same tight, dark circle every day. When you look at our world today, you see people trapped in a kind of spiritual blindness, don't you? that their lives consist of the same tight, dark circle they walk every day. You think of uh, the pleasure seeker, always, uh, always chasing that, that, that next pleasure that's, that's going to, to momentarily bring happiness into their life, and always coming back empty, and each day it's rinse, repeat, start again. Think of people stuck in cycles of addiction or cycles, cycles of, of, of abuse, walking that same tight, dark circle every day, not able to find the freedom that they crave. Think of people that, that, that know their life has, a, has purpose and meaning, that there's, there's something more than this daily grind, and they're searching for it, and yet they find themselves in the endless loop, in the tight, dark circle, day after day after day, knowing that there is this light, knowing that there is something outside of the world as they perceive it. And they find themselves beggars by the side of the road, calling out to mercy for anyone that will hear them. Day after day after day. That could be you this morning. It's been all of us at one point in our life or another. It could be you this morning. You you find yourself going in the same tight, dark circle day after day after day, knowing your life must amount to something more, must be about something more, that there must be light to guide you out of of, of this, this existence that you're in. And yet you find yourself on the endless loop, on the path to nowhere, day after day after day. A tight, dark circle. If that's you this morning, if you're a beggar, calling out for mercy, calling out for release, begging for a spiritual sight that will help you see further than than, than your daily life, there's a way to sight, I believe, when we look the path of a man called Blind Bartimaeus. See, when we look at Blind Bartimaeus' story, the first thing I see when I look at him is a beggar's persistent faith. See, Blind Bart hears these uh, rumors, right? At first, they're uh, at first they're uh, they're just stories, almost folk tales, zealous myth making, right? He, he's, he, he hears stories of, of this guy up north uh, who uh, claims to be the Messiah, and he's gathered up this band of fishermen, and everywhere they go, they're, they're healing people and driving out demons and the lame walk and, uh, yes, the blind see. And he's heard these stories, but he's really not let himself really believe in them yet. But as Jesus makes his southward trek from Caesarea of Philippi to Jerusalem, those stories come more frequently. And then they start to uh, ha- have the ring of truth to them because they, these stories start to be from people who know someone whose cousin uh, lives a couple towns up north and personally saw this. And then it reaches a climax as, as uh, Jesus and his disciples come to Jericho. And he's everything the people have said he is. And finally, blind Bartimaeus lets himself believe. This Jesus that they talk about, he's who he says he is. And I've heard he can restore sight to the blind, and I need him to restore my sight. And so Jesus, so uh, blind Bartimaeus walks this tight, dark circle in the morning, and, and he walks to the place where he always begs. But this day is different because he knows Jesus is going to be walking along, along the road today. And so uh, he's got his cloak in front of him, uh, uh, ready to receive coins. And when he, hear, when he hears the commotion, uh, he calls out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Then the crowds rebuke him. Uh, have you noticed something? Uh, we've been at the Gospel of Mark for a while. There's a lot of rebuking, right? Everyone's rebuking each other, right? And, and the crowds are rebuking this, uh, this blind man, right? Saying, go, get out. This is an important guy coming through. He's on a mission. He's going to Jerusalem, right? Get out of here. Uh, th- this is not the time to be, uh, to be uh, begging for alms, right? And he's undeterred. He cries out all the louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, we see here a beggar's persistent faith, right? Blind Bartimaeus keeps calling out to Jesus, whether he hears him or not. Whether all the voices around him are telling him, uh, you know, don't cry out or not. Whether everyone else is telling him to be quiet or not. Bartimaeus is calling out to Jesus persistently. Remembering Luke, the 18th chapter, there's a parable of the persistent widow. Jesus says, pray like this widow right? This widow that goes before the judge every day. This judge is really corrupt. He doesn't care about what God has to say. And he doesn't care what, about what other people has to say. He's just lining his pockets. He doesn't care about justice. But the widow approaches the judge every day and says, give me justice, give me justice. And every day, uh, the judge sends the widow away empty. And then Jesus says in the parable, finally one day, The judge says, this old lady is wearing me down. I'm going to give her the justice she needs just so she'll leave me alone. And Jesus says, pray like this. Keep praying every day, every day, every day, every day. Wear God down, (laughs) right? Now, of course, uh, God does care about his people. God is not an unjust judge. But there's something in that. We continue to pray. We continue to reach out to God day after day, persistently. We show up in worship whether we feel like it or not. We pray whether we feel like there's someone listening on the other end or not. And that persistence is eventually rewarded. When people are struggling and they're going through, through dark times and they're going through that time when they feel far away from God, And they say, they always say, I feel like I'm going through the motions. I say, great, go through the motions. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep going through the motions until it comes back again. And it will. God rewards that persistent faith. Go through those motions. Exercise those habits. Open that Bible. Pray. Get yourself to church. And then the light will come back. I promise. It's, um, there's a, a parable about uh, a blind man who is, uh, who is um, he's walking out at night with the torch. And a man approaches him and says, says Why are you carrying a torch? You, you can't see. How will this torch help you? And uh, the blind man says, uh, This torch is not so that I can see. This torch is so that others can see me and they'll come help me. Sometimes when we go through the motions, we're simply holding up that torch and saying, Jesus, here I am, come help me. Jesus, I'm here, here I am. I'm, I, I'm singing in your sanctuary. I'm lifting my voice to you. I'm reading your word. Here's my torch, come show me the way. And that persistence, I promise, is rewarded. Because we can't hear from God unless we're listening. I tell the youth often, you know, hearing God's voice is like lightning striking. Like you never know when and where it's going to happen. It's just this miraculous out of the blue kind of event when you hear God's voice in your life. But if you're praying, if you're reading the Bible, if you're going to church, it's like you're standing on your roof in the middle of a lightning storm with a huge aluminum pole held up to the sky, right? You're, you're doubling, tripling, quadrupling your odds. That's the thing I'd tell you. If, 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 if you feel stuck in the cycle, if, if you feel far away from God, if you feel like you've not heard his voice in a while, just show up. Be persistent. Put yourself on that roof with that aluminum pole and be ready. The other thing we see about blind Bartimaeus is when he does hear Jesus' voice, he runs toward it. Right? So, uh, so the disciples approach blind Bartimaeus and says, uh, all right, the master wants to see you. Cheer up. And, uh, and we're told that Bartimaeus throws his cloak aside and that he goes towards the voice. That may not seem remarkable to you, but think for just a second. He's blind. Every day is that same tight, dark circle, and here he is, he's stepping outside of it. If he doesn't receive his sight, he's going to have trouble figuring out where he threw that cloak. Right? And all the coins that were on top of it. But he doesn't care because he expects that he's going to be changed by this encounter. And he's running to where he last heard Jesus' voice. He's trusting Jesus enough to to, to believe that Jesus is going to stay still. Right, And that when he gets to the source of that voice, Jesus is going to be right there. And that he's not like running out into the middle of, of someone's donkey and, 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 and going to get trampled. right? He's stepping outside on faith. He's stepping outside of this tight, dark circle. And that's what's required of us after our persistent waiting on God, after our persistent calling out to God, when we hear God's voice, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready to take that step of faith out into the darkness toward the voice and trust that we will encounter Jesus on the other end of that. It's not easy. It's dangerous. I think of the story of the guy who's who's out hiking I don't know where. Maybe he's trying to get to sunrise service. It's really steep. And, uh, and he's out hiking, and, uh, and one thing leads to another. He stumbles, and then he just falls off the side of a cliff. And he has enough uh, uh, presence of mind to reach out, and he grabs this branch. And he realizes, he looks, and it's straight up. And he realizes he cannot possibly scale the cliff to the top. And then he looks down and he straight down. He sees jagged rocks and, and waves beneath, crashing against the rocks. And he realizes he has no way up and no way down. And so he calls out to the sky, calls out to heaven. Is anybody up there? And I'm here to tell you, like the, the clouds part, there's a shaft of light, there's choral music coming from somewhere. And then he hears this voice. It's me, God, I'm up here. And and the man shouts back to the voice, save me, save me. And and the voice says, I will save you. Just let go of the branch. The man, hanging on to that branch, his, his, his hand trembling, looks up to the sky and he cries again, is anybody else up there? Folks, there's nobody else up there. There's one voice. There's one voice, and we have to be willing to do what it says. If we want to break out of our tight, dark circle, we have to run toward that voice, no matter the risk. No matter the risk. I am ashamed to tell you how long I've known that I'm supposed to be a pastor. I'm ashamed of it. Since I was 17 years old sitting uh, in the middle of a a church revival, I felt that call on me. I heard that voice. It's taken me a while to get here. And I wouldn't trade any of it. You you know, the things that that I've learned and experienced along the way. But I'm living proof. At some point or other, you've got to listen to that voice. You've got to break free of the circle. and You've got to move forward. Maybe someone here has, maybe not a call to be a pastor, but some kind of call on their life, some kind of ministry God has placed on their heart, some kind of uh, thing that they know they're supposed to do in the church or, or in their lives or at work. And they've heard God's voice about it over and over and over and they're still walking the circle, afraid to take that first step. The final thing I see in blind Bartimaeus is a beggar's willingness. See, he runs toward Jesus, and Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? He's got to have this moment. He's got to have this moment where he thinks about his life. See, we talked about this tight, dark circle. He walks every day, right? But he's gotten used to that. He's gotten to depend on that. He knows where his next meal is coming from. Begging works for him. And maybe the idea of, of suddenly regaining his sight, being without his crutch, having nothing to beg about, he's got to go find a trade, he, he's, he's got to make a new way in life, maybe that suddenly gets very scary for him. Maybe he suddenly realizes he's not willing to change or doesn't even think he's able to change, Right? And maybe he just asked for a fistful of coins. But blind Bargameus, willing to change, understanding what it's going to mean for him, says, I want to see. Rabbi, I want to see. Give me back my sight, please. See, Bargameus is willing to change. We talked last week about a man. We don't know his name. He's come down to us as the rich young ruler, right? He's the man that goes up to Jesus and says, says, I want to follow you. Tell me what I have to do to receive eternal life, right? He stepped out of his comfort zone. Here he is, this, this, this rich young guy, um, kneeling before this, uh, this, this rabbi. He's already... He's all ready to go. He's taking all of those steps. He's been persistent, right? He stepped out of his comfort zone, stepped out of his loop. And then when Jesus tells him what it's going to cost give up all your possessions, sell them, give the money to the poor, then come follow me. He realizes he can't make that change. He walks away sadly. It's always the danger for us. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. We finally hear Jesus' voice. And then we get up to him and then we find out what it's going to cost us, this change, this transformation. And we go, no way. I'll take the fistful of coins, please. But not blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And it starts at the corner of his eyes. Right? Just a little bit of light at the corner of his eyes. And then it spreads and he sees light and shadow. And then he starts to see color again. Right, Green around the edges, some blue, a whole tan mess in the middle. And then slowly he starts to get some definition. He sees a nose, then a mouth, and then these loving eyes. And the first thing he sees is the loving gaze of Jesus. And it changes him. It transforms him. Staring into the eyes of Jesus, he's not the same person he was before he saw Jesus. He'll never be the same person again. He came a blind beggar, and now, now he's a disciple, he's a follower. He's looking into the eyes of Jesus, and it's like, like he's seeing the light of the world, the, the light that, that the darkness cannot overcome. Right? It's like, uh, like Paul says in, in, uh, in the 13th chapter of Corinthians. We know in part and we see in part, but then we shall know fully even as we are fully known. Right? He's staring into the eyes that, that, that know him fully, that, that look down into his soul and have only love. And it's like looking into the Grand Canyon, but it's, it's more majestic. It's like looking at your newborn baby for the first time, but it's it more filled with love if you can imagine it. It's like seeing the earth from outer space, but more fraught with meaning. This encounter of Jesus staring straight into the face of God and being changed from the inside out. And then Jesus' first words to him are, go, (laughs) leave, your faith has made you well, go home. And blind Bartimaeus disobeys Jesus. He doesn't go home. It says he follows him along the road. He's like Donkey from Shrek, right? Begone Donkey. And, And Donkey just keeps on following, right? He follows him up the road. Think about this. These first steps he takes up the road away from Jericho toward Jerusalem. He's going as far as he's ever gone in his entire life. Because his whole life has been that tight, dark circle. And now he's free. Can't go back. Can't go back to laying his, his, his head wherever he lays his head. Maybe in an alley somewhere. Maybe in the home of a relative. Can't go back to walking that same circle every day. Now he's free and he needs to see what's out there and he needs to follow Jesus and be a part of whatever Jesus is doing. See, the spiritual sight we we receive from Jesus changes the way we see the world. We no longer look at, at, at the faces of others and see enemies. We see neighbors. We no longer look at this broken and sinful world and see hopelessness and despair. We see the kingdom of God in waiting. We no longer look in the mirror and look at ourselves and and, and see this, 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 this person that we're putting above everything else that we're living for, whose desires are sacrosanct to us. We see a humble servant of Jesus called to take up his cross and follow him. See, receiving that sight from Jesus changes the way we see everything. And we can't go back to that tight, dark circle. Close your eyes for just a second. This is you, this is your world, a tight, dark circle. All you experience are voices and sounds and touches. And, but you've heard a rumor, a rumor of a man who can set you free. Will you call out to him persistently? with everything you've got over and over and over until he responds. When he responds, will you let go of everything and run toward that voice? And when he asks you what you want, you reach out for a fistful of coins and go back to your tight, dark circle Or will you say, Rabbi, I want to see. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.